Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. I like that Shakespearean lace in your acting. I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to just take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek oh, captain on our show. True. Being, as you said, number one of the, on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> you famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts, or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, a podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may yeah. happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling like Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away oh. overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. This is the 430 movie, and this is... Same bad time, same bad channel week. And I am Mark A. Altman, and I'm here with your usual favorite Cape Crusaders who are about to swing across a week of fantastic bat flicks. And I'm talking about none other than the Dark Knight himself, Steve Belshi. Biff, bam, pow. I can't the wait to talk about Batman. The world's greatest detective, Darren Docterman on Tuesday. Meanwhile, in the super secret 430 movie cave. On Wednesday, it's the Joker, Ashley Edward Miller. Na 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 na, na 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 na, na 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 na, na 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 na. I'm Rachel Ghoul on Thursday. So uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome. This is a week of, uh, of Batman movies. Uh, we're we're, we're uh, obviously acknowledging the recent release of Matt Reeves' uh, The Batman in theaters. It's an attempt for us to talk about a movie that's not 60 years old on the show. Um, well, just wait, Mark. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. And look, before we, we turn our attention to Batman, you know, I got to say, 
you know, every week we've been planning kind of a memorial show. And then unfortunately, something even more tragic happens. Uh, you know, I think it started, we were planning on kicking off with uh, Doug Trumbull, and that got delayed because of, we didn't start our season when we thought we were going to. And then it was Peter Bogdanovich died. And now it's William Hurt. And it's just, I mean, you know, and I, I think that one, it just, it's just horrible. This recent glut of these great creative talents that are, are passing away left and right. Obviously, Doug Trumbull uh, held a very special place in Darren's heart, having worked with him very closely. And 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 it had basically, Doug Trumbull inspired Darren's career. And I'll let him talk about that in a second. Uh, obviously, Peter Bogdanovich meant a lot, lot to me and, and Steve. And William Hurt was like really great in a lot of weird roles. So obviously, Ashley, that speaks yeah. to you. So, <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, since it looks unlikely that we're really going to be able uh, uh, to sort of do a proper homage to all these remarkable filmmakers, uh, you know, Darren, if you just want to say something about, uh, um, you know, Doug, uh, before we jump into Batman week. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I've always uh, enjoyed his work and I was inspired by it before I knew who he was. And once I found out who he was, I realized that uh, he was a visionary and a pioneer. And the sad part about it was that Hollywood knew he was a pioneer and still ignored him. Uh, and, you know, the pioneers, they are the ones that have the arrows in their back. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really sad that he had a vision to pull Hollywood and the movie business uh, up by its bootstraps and bring it into a new age of uh, of uh, treating audiences to much more uh, exciting and uh, immersive uh, entertainment. And uh, throughout his career, he strived to do that. And I was very lucky to meet him uh, a little more than 20 years ago. And uh, he was very supportive of the stuff that I was doing and the uh, things that we were doing specifically for Star Trek, the motion picture and uh, was uh, a great, uh, a great sounding board to have. And I'm going to miss his uh, insight and his uh, advice and uh, his talent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so many great projects, both as a director, you know, with uh, sound running and of course, uh, the Troubled Brain. Brainstorm, which is Brainstorm, still miraculous yeah. in so many ways. And of course, his work on Blade Runner in 2001 and Star Trek, the motion picture uh, are, you know, set the, the benchmark for the visual yeah. effects storytelling. Now, Steve, I didn't prepare you for this. Obviously, you would have been wearing an ascot <laughs> had, had I told you we were going to discuss this. But I wonder, you know, if you'd like to say a few words about the late, great Peter Bogdanovich. Well, sure. I mean, he was one of our our great directors and was someone who, who began his career as a, a, a journalist and a, and a writer about film who is supremely knowledgeable about, uh, about film and was sort of our last great link to the titans of film history. You know, he was friends with people like Orson Welles and John Ford and, and you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, he knew these people personally and um, went on to make a number of really terrific films, uh, my favorite of which is The Last Picture Show. And um, he was a great raconteur. Uh, he was filled with incredible stories. Uh, I know 
uh, Mark and I were able to hear him tell a lot of those stories uh, at the Telluride Film Festival uh, when he would give these talks and just sort of hold court and, and tell these great stories. And, and uh, he showed clips from his documentary about John Ford. It's just fascinating. And, um, and then there was a, a period when uh, he was attached to direct a film that I had co-written and we had a, you know, my partners and I had a couple of meals with him and we did a, a staged reading of the script um, with Peter. And uh, he was just a, a really interesting guy had a tremendous amount of knowledge and um, it, it's too bad he didn't work more uh, in his later years. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as a kid, all I knew about him was that Dorothy Stratton had starred in Vegas in space, that seminal episode <laughs> of Buck Rogers in the 21st century. And uh, it wasn't until really uh, those wonderful years at Telluride where he was a frequent guest and, uh, you know, he could do perfect imitations of Hitchcock and Orson oh. Welles. And uh, he, he he told such incredible stories. And obviously I related to him because he was a journalist turned filmmaker and just a really remarkable guy. And uh, it's so uh, it's so sad that we've lost him, particularly when I think that he had so much more uh, to give. Uh, and of course, if you haven't heard it, there's a wonderful podcast from TCM uh, called... Um, the story, the story, the something, something, I don't remember what it's called, but they did uh, the first season they did. This is with um, Ben Mankiewicz, a great series of interviews with um, Peter Bogdanovich. And they followed it up with an even better second season on the making of Bonfires of Vanities with Julie Salmon, who wrote, um, you know, the famous Devil's Candy. So really worth checking out, even though we have nothing to do with it. Now, that brings us to William Hurt. And I wonder, Ashley, if you can say a few words about his passing, because, of course, so many great movies uh, that he did. And, um, you know, obviously he's well known to the younger, the young kids for his uh, work as General Thunderbolt Ross and the Marvel movies. But, of course, I think we know him for so many great films. Yeah, look, I think that uh, that William Hurt's great power as an actor is that he was a leading man uh, who could also be very accessible. And that was important in the kind of roles that he would take. I mean, the things that we remember him for the most, the things we most associate with him, um, Body Heat, The Big Chill, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Broadcast News. Um, there was a certain persona that he brought that at the same time kind of disappeared into those roles. And also what I love about him is he wasn't afraid to do weird stuff. Like he was in two of my favorite movies, one of which was my honorable mention uh, for the Inglorious Trexperts, an entirely different podcast, uh, 101 greatest science fiction movies of, of all time, uh, Dark City, where he gave a, a performance as a police detective um, that was just so soulful and real and interesting. Um, and then... Uh, in a history of violence, he plays a Philadelphia crime boss, right? Who is just absolutely fantastic. She shows up at the end of the movie with uh, Viggo Mortensen. Honey, you fucked that up. Um, and he is, he's just awesome. And uh, when I saw the news that he had passed, it just, it, it shocked me. It, it, it broke my heart. I mean, he was 71 years old. He was too young. Yeah, yeah, I felt the same way. I felt he had so many more great performances in him. Obviously, you know, he died of cancer 
the original reports were the, it was natural causes. And I was like stunned. Um, and, uh, you know, later it became clear that he had died of cancer. Well, but unfortunately, I, cancer is, is a natural cause. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I guess. <laughs> but um, I will say that um, the, um, the, 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 the legendary performances he's given. And of course, I remember I was always renting altered states as a kid, a teenager mm -hmm. uh, from the video store. And then I would never get around to it. And then I finally saw Body Heat, which I, you know, one of my favorite movies to this day. And then I, then I finally watched Altered States and just like, and then you fell in love with the big chill and just what a, what a remarkable actor, really, uh, you know, really talented, quirky and interesting and um, just, just great. And he, he gives an, an amazing somnambulistic performance in AI. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Where he's, it, you can swear that he's half asleep. Uh, delivering these lines, but he's uh, very memorable. He's me. more interesting half asleep than most people are fully awake. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> For no, sure. there, that should go on an epitaph, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. But we're not here, uh, you know, we, we, we'd be we're here to praise we William not to bury him. Well, if we hadn't acknowledged uh, these these passings, because they're all really significant figures in, in, in film. Uh, and since the and Academy won't pay tribute to them, yeah. uh, so, Especially today, no tears for Caesar. It is. It is the Ides of March. No. And um, which has a special significance to some of us. It's uh, great. No tears for Caesar from Free Enterprise. It's sung by <laughs> William Shatner. And when I say the one and only Captain James T. Kirk, it's not just an expression. I <laughs> truly mean the one and only James T. Kirk. And that's enough about that. So now we're about to talk. About the Dark Knight. The there Cape were a Crusader. lot of people that played this character, on the other hand. Absolutely. Very Absolutely. successfully. Because, of course, uh, this was a character that was created in uh, in the funny books and comics. And um, I, I want to ask you, before we start talking about Batman, if you could be any superhero, any superhero, who would it be? I'll start with Steve. Well, um... That's that's an interesting question. Um, I I gotta say I would love to be able to fly. So Superman sounds pretty cool okay. to me. Superman, and you would have a great theme song also. So that would be <laughs> yes. that'd be pretty awesome. So Darren, what about you? What what, what super character hero would you want to be, or would you just want to be Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> I, I would not want to be Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I, I don't want to be a superhero. I want to enjoy superheroes. Okay, very and, good. And being being a superhero takes all enjoyment out of it, as you found out from watching uh, Justice League. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, okay, so um, well, that's the thing. Like with Superman, Superman should enjoy being Superman. That's my personal opinion. He hasn't for a long time. I know. Right. Now, uh, Ashley, you can't be the Invisible Girl, but there are plenty of other choices on sure the. You can. Uh, <laughs> you know, on the board. What about you? I mean, you've written fantasy. some of these characters. He can be whatever he wants. I mean, to be. I guess to write Thor, you had to put yourself in the character of Thor, right? The X Men, you had to put yourself in the characters of the X Men. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're definitely like I would not want to be Magneto, even though he is ridiculously powerful. He's just not a guy I'd want to be. Um, actually, I'll tell you who I want to be. I want to be Iron Man because I want his nine picture deal. <laughs> <laughs> Not the goatee, just the nine picture deal. Just a nine picture deal. 
Yeah. Okay, that's that's, that's, that's the that's, way Dad did it. That's, that's the way America that's does great. it. That's great. So today <laughs> we're here to talk about Batman, the great creation of Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and um, and it has led to an astounding series of successful uh, motion pictures and a hit television series and a couple of other TV series that followed. Uh, and uh, soon uh, a spinoff on HBO Max devoted to the Penguin. And then I guess there's a show, Gotham, about the Gotham Police Department. I know we're all very excited about that one. So, um, uh, Steve, tell us a little bit about the very colorful history of the Bat. Batman uh, obviously was created in, in, you know, for detective comics back in the 30s and uh, has enjoyed sustained popularity ever since it was sort of one of those lightning in the bottle characters that um that really captured something that people really could either identify with or or sort of fantasize about being and uh over the years the the rogues gallery that grew up around him is i think probably the deepest bench of any superheroes rogues gallery he has so many interesting uh, villains uh, uh, that go up against him that are sort of facets of different personality types or mental illnesses or, you know, things like that. And for me, Batman is has always been my favorite superhero. And it's a character who has been successfully interpreted and reinterpreted in so many really different ways um, from... Uh, his origins when he was a, a pretty dark uh, avenging figure who carried a gun to uh, selling war bonds during World War II to, uh, you know, being the detective, you know, later in the 40s. And then we go into the Silver Age and uh, he becomes a more smiling, humorous figure. Um, and you've got all those great comic book covers from from that era from the 50s and 60s that are just ludicrous where you've got you know uh batman pumping the tires on the batmobile or you know superman snapping lois lane's air hose doing an eva in outer space uh then you get into the uh the the bronze age in the 70s and the, the character starts to to get more sophisticated and, and darker during the sort of uh you know the the late 60s and 70s uh reflecting the times in this country. Uh, and then, you know, then you get into the eighties and uh, like a thunderbolt, you've got Frank Miller coming onto the scene, interpreting him as, you know, the dark Knight returns and, and Batman year one, which signaled a sort of a seismic shift in, in comics publishing and the, the darkness and sophistication of comic book storytelling. Uh, and which is, endured to this day and and on film of course you and y'all just briefly talk about these because i'm sure we'll get them in, in a lot more detail he, he was the subject of serials in the 40s he was the subject of a ex incredibly successful television series in the 60s with adam west and burt ward which had a, a movie uh produced as part of that uh, then you had various animated incarnations on saturday morning uh leading up to uh, the uh, a tumultuous development period in the 70s and 80s where they were, Warners was really trying to get a handle on this character. And I happened to read one of those scripts back when I was in college, written by Tom Mankiewicz. And uh, it was not good. 
<laughs> it was it was pretty goofy. At, at that point, when that script was written, Batman was still the studios couldn't wrap their head around a serious Batman, so it was a it was a much lighter touch. Uh, and then the Frank Miller books came along, and there was an appetite for a, a darker, more sophisticated Batman, and that I think led to the Sam Ham, uh, Tim Burton incarnation. Yeah. Now I want to ask you guys because you're both huge Batman fans, but I. I feel like you you came to Batman in different ways. Darren, for you, it was the success uh, of the TV series, and then yeah, uh, Ashley, you you know you have a huge, immense Batman comic collection. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about sort of how Batman first, you know, why, why and when you guys found, fell in love with uh, the character of Batman? You know, I will tell you, um, my first. Batman encounter was actually uh, the the Batman movie was uh, was was on TV. I feel like it was on ABC or something like that. I was five years old. All I saw was the opening credits, which were very different, actually, from what was in the television series. And I just they didn't have rights to the Batman theme. Fascinating. Did not know that. But it really like I just could not stop watching it. And I remember going to bed and just thinking about it. And I watched that show and. As a little kid, I had no idea that it was camp. I had zero clue. Yeah. Um, and when it dawned on me that it was, it was a it was a big day. Like a, there was like a mental break that I was like, oh, this is fucked. And I'll tell you why. And, and this is the this is the strangest thing in the world. So this is how I discovered that superheroes had origin stories and that they had interior lives and they had there was a psychology behind them, particularly Batman. And this is gonna sound like this is the most insane thing ever. So, you know, look, I'm five, six years old in, you know, in the 1970s and, you know, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, you know, I was eating Wonder Bread, man. I was putting peanut butter and jelly on my Wonder Bread. And they did this thing where they had these cards, like, that they would have, like, in the bags of Wonder Bread. It was, like, Superman. It was Batman. It was all of that. They would have a card with, like, the picture of the hero and then their origin on the back. Now, I knew Superman's because I had seen Superman the movie. And I loved Superman the movie. I got to Batman's, and I had never heard Batman's origin story before. And I read it. And I went, oh. And I immediately, I immediately resonated to that. I immediately got it. Right. Like it just went click, boom. And the moment I read that, I like was just my relationship. Like I broke up with the Batman TV series. I broke up. I was like, nope, we're done. You have nothing to do with Batman. Um, and uh, Harriet would be very upset. And Harriet would be extremely upset. Um, but, you know, cut to a couple of years later when I started collecting comic books. Um, and this was even before uh, The Dark Knight Returns was released. Um, and really, as Steve said, changed everything, not just for Batman. It changed things for for comics, like, period. Um, in just such a, a, a huge way. I now have, in my comic book collection, I have literally every Batman comic book since 1985. Every Batman and Batman-related comic book that has been published since 1985. Uh, is currently sitting in my very overstuffed closet. That's what you uh, think. And the and look, twins have gone to it during this they, podcast. Uh, no, because you know what? <laughs> I've informed them that I love my comics more than I love them. And if anything <laughs> happens <laughs> to my comics, oh, 
there are deserts. There are <laughs> deserts to be buried in. So oh, I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, it's um, it was a it was a long, it was a long strange, it was a long strange trip. Mm. Well, Edgar, what was it about the Adam West TV series that you know sort of you know inflamed 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 your interest in Batman? Well, by the time I was old enough to watch it, it was on every day. It's that same thing, you know, uh, stripped uh, uh, strip syndication. Syndication every night was a new Batman yeah. adventure. And uh, I loved it. I watched it all the time. Um, but the other thing that happened was that my dad had this book uh, by Jules Pfeiffer. I think it came out in the late 60s, early 70s, maybe. And it was this big hardbound book called The Great Comic Book Heroes. And uh, Jules Pfeiffer wrote it and edited it. And it had reprints of, you know, all the all the origin stories, all the various characters that uh, had been developed up to that time. And man, oh, man, I loved this book. I I destroyed this book, not <laughs> literally, but um, I, I went through and I saw all these strange uh you know, early drawings of uh, Wonder Woman and uh, the Flash and all of these things from, you know, the Silver Age uh, of uh, of comic books. And my God, it was so wonderful. But the section on Batman was so great because it did have those few pages of Batman's origin. Yeah. Actually, Batman's origin is one page where uh, the, we see his, uh, his parents shot and uh, then he... Uh, there's like this uh, silhouette picture of him using weights and he's, he trained his body to perfection. And, and then he and then they, they have a, a shot of him sitting in his big easy chair in his big grand room and this huge window behind him with uh, uh, with an ornate uh, pattern in it. And crash in comes a bat. And, and then he says quietly to himself, that's it. I shall become a bat and strike terror into the hearts of criminals. Now, it could just and as easily been Jack LaLanne. I, I shall become Jack LaLanne. That's right. Strike. If Jack LaLanne had crashed through his window. <laughs> but for good or ill, it was a bat. So he yeah. became Batman, not Jack LaLanne man. <laughs> okay. But, uh, man, I loved it. I loved it. Was then, on, a, on a Christmas morning in the 70s, you might wake up and find something like this under your exactly. tree. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Something, yeah. something yeah. like that. A little yes. Mego, yeah. little Mego action. Or the Corgi Batmobile. Yes. Nice. Which that was a great mm -hmm. you know, everybody talks about the Aston well, Martin DB5, which was great, but the uh the, the Batmobile, Batmobile was pretty My spectacular. My dad got too. me the, the set with the Batmobile and the Batboat. Yeah, the that's a, that was a good one. The, it that was, was a good one. It was one. the best thing ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can play for hours with that. Now, kids yeah, can't, can't be away from their phone for more than 10 seconds. We exactly. can play with those stupid corgis, you know, for freaking days. Oh, you, and you, and oh you it's the bad boat and the Batmobile. After you, after you lost the little plastic missiles, you could yeah. still uh, turn the little dial on it and make the, the plinking sound. Yeah, and you can have the great. fire come out of the, 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 um, the exhaust, the yeah. atomic batteries power. Turbine speed. speed. Turbine speed. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we previously did a show called Six Degrees of Batman, but that wasn't a Batman show. That was a about actors who played Batman in other roles. Right. This is actually a show. We're going to program a week of Batman, and you know, I don't think it's that far off because the first time I ever saw 
the original 1966 Batman movie was on the 430 movie. That's like correct. I always loved when it was on the 430 movie. It was so exciting. It was like, oh, Batman's going to be on. And uh, it also showed why that show worked so well as a half hour show. But yeah. um, um, but it, it has that famous iconic uh, moment. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. But we're not <laughs> going to talk about bombs today. We're going to talk about the Batman movies that resonate for us. We're going to program a week of great Batman movies. And as always, we're going to start on Monday with Steve Melching with our bat attack. Well, I see the bat signals in the sky and it's time to pick Monday's movie. So I'm going with uh, my pick from Monday is one of the lesser known uh, Batman movies, um, but it is an outgrowth of one of the most important and influential pieces of Batman entertainment. Um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, Batman has been interpreted on television many different ways, uh, beginning with the live action series, but um, he was a big part of uh, the Super Friends in the 70s, and uh, there was a Batman Superman uh, adventure show, I believe, that spun out of that. Um, there, were, uh, so there were other Batman shows in the 80s, uh, and I had the good fortune to work on a couple of, uh, as a writer on a couple of Batman shows in the 2000s, the Batman and Batman, the brave and the bold. But there was one show in particular that was immensely influential, uh, both f for animation and for filmmaking. And that's Batman, the animated series from 1992, uh, between that show and the X-Men animated series, they both had tremendous impact, uh, on everything that came after them. Um, and as an outgrowth of uh, Batman the Animated Series, they made what was initially intended to be a direct-to-video movie, but ended up being released theatrically, and that's Batman Mask of the Phantasm. This Christmas, for the first time, America's most exciting and legendary motion picture hero comes to the screen like you've never seen him before. The Bat! In an all-new, larger-than-life feature film. Now, the Dark Knight confronts his newest and most menacing villain. Your angel of death awaits. The Phantasm. I want you. And faces his greatest danger. Be too careful with all those weirdos around. A soaring new adventure. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. The animated movie. Coming for a Christmas you'll never forget. That was released on Christmas Day in 1993. And uh, they got all the same crew from the TV show to make it. Uh, it was directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce Tim. And it's fun to talk about this because a lot of these people are colleagues of mine that I've worked with over the years. And uh, it was uh, written by Alan Burnett, uh, uh, Paul Dini, Marty Pasco, and Michael Reeves, who uh, are all friends and uh, starred the great Kevin Conroy as Batman, who gives one of the all time iconic uh, Batman performances as Batman Bruce Wayne. Uh, it also had Mark Hamill as the Joker, who's one of the great Jokers. Uh, Dana Delaney played the um, Andrea, the lead female character. Was one of the great Andreas. One of the great Andreas. Totally. <laughs> and on Andrea Week, 
<laughs> and I wonder if she was named after Andrea Romano, who is the legendary voice casting director, director yeah. for the series. Uh, uh, Hart Bachner is in it, who, of course, played Ellis Hans. in Die Hard. <laughs> uh, I'm your dark Keech. knight. <laughs> I'm your dark knight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stacey Keach, Abe Vigoda, uh, Dick Miller from Gremlins uh, is in it. Uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Uh, it's a terrific cast. My and favorite Alfred. Yeah, he's a great Alfred. And uh, of course, that incredible music score by Shirley Walker, uh, mm -hmm. one of the great music scores. I think she, no pun intended, took some cues from the um, from the, uh, uh, the movie. The Danny movie, Elfman. Yeah. The Danny Elfman. Oh, 100%. Score. Um, but, but she it, also orchestrated the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it certainly stands on its own. And, and interestingly, in the credits, uh, it lists none other than Hans Zimmer, as uh, part of the the crew, as the he's quoted, he's credited as synthesist. So yeah, he's the is. one that went. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you haven't seen this movie, it's on HBO Max now. You can stream it, and it's a lean, mean movie that tells a really great story. Uh, it's in a nutshell, it's a young Bruce Wayne's uh, vow to avenge his uh, murdered parents is tested. Uh, when he unexpectedly falls in love as a young man before uh, he starts his career as Batman. And um, obviously it doesn't work out. And, and when we catch up to the present day, it's told in a flashback structure. Uh, he, his, uh, his vow is tested again when this woman, Andrea, uh, returns to the scene. And um, it, it revolves around this, uh, this, this character of the phantasm who's going around Gotham City murdering uh, crime lords, uh, and it's sort of echoes. It's sort of a more violent uh, version of Batman, and it's it's really striking to watch this movie. I, I remember seeing it for the first time in the theater and thinking, "Oh my God, they're doing all the stuff they couldn't do on the TV show because of broadcast <laughs> standards and practice." The yep. opening scene has Batman smash through a window, which is literally something that was a huge no-no because it was considered imitatable. On television, they didn't want children to smash through windows or glass doors. But you know, only stupid kids would have. So, <laughs> call the and, herd. <laughs> and they're 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 shooting uh, handguns. Handguns were a big no-no. That's why they always had these big like stylized Tommy guns. Uh, there mm -hmm. was blood. People would get punched, and the blood would trickle out. You couldn't show blood. Um, and uh, you know, characters were getting killed. People were, like getting murdered on screen. Um, so that was, that was fun to see. Um, but what really makes uh, this movie special is it's, is it's timelessness. It's not anchored to any one time. And that grew out of the brilliance of the TV show with their, what they called their dark deco aesthetic, where it's a mishmash of time periods. It's very stylized, like the, it's got a very forties, thirties and forties art deco style, but they have technology from the modern day, like televisions right. and and whatnot. Um, and uh, that combined with the choice to do 2D cell animation, traditional uh, traditional animation style means that it doesn't date the way a CG series might date. It could be, you know, uh, very, very crude that way. And it's, I think it's just a, a really solid, it's one, for my money, it's one of the better, uh, one of the better Batman movies. It's a it's a terrific movie. It's a terrific interpretation of Batman. It's a terrific extrapolation of the the Batman that gets a, gets defined in the in Batman the animated series. I also felt like it owed quite a bit uh, to Mike W. Barr's uh, Batman Year Two, 
Um, there's a lot of, uh, of story similarities there. It's not exactly the same, um, in that story, uh, you know, the, the love interest's father was the Reaper who looks very much like the phantasm who had very much, uh, a, a very similar, um, modus operandi, uh, and, and kind of a, a, a similar arc through the story. But I thought that Mask of the Phantasm was, was excellent. And it, uh, it was, it, it, it definitely exceeded my expectations that were already high because of how much I love the animated series, um, which of course, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting kind of talking about the aesthetic of that, like how much of that, and God, we could do like a whole episode just on this, but how much of that aesthetic was influenced by, um, you know, the Anton first uh, production design for Batman 89 for Tim Burton's interpretation of Batman. I, I actually I, think it was influenced more by the Fleischer Superman cartoons. You know what? No, no, I don't disagree with you that the Fleischer Superman cartoons had a huge influence on Batman, the animated series, but there's absolutely no question that the Tim Burton movies had an enormous impact well, on how those things, on how the, absolutely. How the and and I'm forward. sure, I'm sure by design, because the, the Burton movie made so much money. Right. It was um, one of the biggest movies of all time. Uh, but I do think that the animated series delivers on the promise that Tim Burton's Batman didn't deliver on. Um, uh, to a certain that, I would a, say yes. A, a, serious, a serious Batman that was occasionally more lighthearted, but he was still, the Batman character was absolutely serious and he was dealing with, uh, with criminals that were serious as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked that a lot. Yeah, look, I think I think what's interesting is how influential that movie has been for a movie that is not as well known in the oeuvre. I mean, I think you could even say the long Halloween in comics was somewhat influenced by it. Um, But I think that what's so great uh, about that movie, like you said, is, you know, I was not a fan of the Burton films or the Schumacher films. So to me, the, the animated series was like the first time I really felt that Batman was was done, you know, right and true in popular culture, you know, outside the comics and Mask of the Phantasm. I remember at the time, a lot of us felt like this is the the best Batman movie. In fact, it was going to be my pick, Steve. So (laughs) um, but, um, you know, of of any of the films and, you know, it didn't do phenomenally well at the box office. No, Um, No, not at all. But um, it frankly didn't even do well. But it did spawn a, I mean, since then, there've been a ton of Warner animation, Batman, yeah. direct-to-video, direct-to-streaming, direct-to-whatever, digital, whatever you call it now. Uh, some of which are quite good. Right. Some of which well, are it's not. It's also kind of a license to print money because what you have to understand about Warner Brothers and kind of how they manage all that stuff is they have a library now of assets that they can just use. And they do. Um, so, you know, it is, it is, it, every time they make one, it becomes easier to make another but one. The and voice Batman ca- is evergreen like Spider-Man. Yeah. The voice casting is so superlative from, as you mentioned, Steve, Kevin Conroy, and, um, uh, obviously Dana Delaney's great in that, but Ephraim Zimbos Jr., all the people from the, you know, the Joker, uh, Mark Hamill, but, you know, even that series, you had Adrian Barbeau as Catwoman, uh, Adam West as the Great Ghost. I mean, it is so impeccably cast, which I know, given you are both showrunners in animation, it's it's a tradition and an imperative that you both also cue to very closely, you know, in, in not just saying, oh, we're going to cast cartoon actors, that you cast 
you know, amazing actors in all your roles. And it's so important because they don't condescend to the material. They bring their A game. And I think that's what's so great about Mask of the Phantasm. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you, th- you think about Kevin Conroy. I mean, uh, what you know about Kevin Conroy is how his voice sounds in that show. You, you couldn't name for me a movie that Kevin Conroy was in. Right. Or to use a completely different example, I defy you to tell me something else that Peter Cullen did other than play Optimus Prime. Right. <laughs> but right, right. perfectly goddamn yeah. cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Mark Hamill didn't do anything else. Yeah, no. exactly. Well, other than- It was like, that little movie, Skywalker. Corvette Summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's and he looked into the Star Wars movies, but- It's amazing. <laughs> That's a whole other show, but the, how uh, Mark Hamill has gone through that sort of Shatner, uh, where he was yeah, uh, in the desert for many years oh. and then reinvented himself now. And how he is like a pop culture staple and he's everywhere. And uh, well, arguably, like he found the Joker. I mean, and maybe my timing on this is messed up, but I don't think it is. Um, He found the Joker in playing the trickster on the Bilson and DeMeo Flash. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You want to say something, Steve? Oh, and this is this movie is also notable. We could have chosen it for spoiler week because one of the toys that they made for this movie, and I won't spoil it here because I, I'm sure a lot of our audience hasn't seen it, but one of the toys itself was a spoiler. So ah. if you had gone into Toys R Us and seen them on the shelf, you would have had. Isn't that the-, the worst when the toys and also the soundtrack I'm gonna, albums? I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. The Batman figure. You could take the mask off, and it was Bruce Wayne. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh Bruce Wayne. That's Bruce funny. Wayne. Okay, well, Monday, Bruce that's a Wayne. great pick. Mask of the Phantasm. Um, well well played, sir. Um, this is why it sucks to be Thursday. So, um, Tuesday, it's Darren Dockerman. With now his- we have two, two minutes each for our movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick is... Uh, is inspired by the fact that Batman was always a a fighter for justice. Uh, you know, he was he was in it for revenge sometimes, but he mostly was uh, out there fighting wrongdoing. And this movie uh, brings that to reality so well that uh, I think it's one of uh, it's one of Batman's uh, greatest missions. Um, the villain, it turns out, to be the creator of Batman, Bob Kane. And the name of the movie is called Batman and Bill. This story for me was uncovering a big superhero secret. Bob Kane is the man who has been credited on Batman for most of Batman's history. When you open a comic book, there it says created by Bob Kane. When you see the movies, it says created by Bob Kane. Correcting that is something that terrified everybody, I think, for decades. Bill Finger was the dominant creative force of Batman, Robin, the Joker, Catwoman, the Riddler, the Penguin, the Scarecrow, Commissioner Gordon, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, and Gotham City. I know Bob's trying to take credit for everything. Everything you would think is good, that's Bill. So how could this not have been so well known? I was a ghost. I really was. Bob Kane did not want Bill Finger's story told and took tremendous offense at. Bill was Batman's secret identity. It became a crusade, getting Bill's name on Batman. Superheroes are not doing this to get paid or praised. They are doing something for the greater good, then they disappear into the night. Without Bill, there'd be no Batman. So what happened to Bill Finger? 
which is a documentary about bringing back the true uh, quote unquote co-creator of Batman, Bill Finger. And uh, this movie came out in 2017. Uh, it's uh, it's really interesting. And you see a lot of, uh, you know, big names in the in comics world talking about this long known injustice. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bob Kane was very good at self-promotion. And when <laughs> well, <laughs> not quite as good as uh, as uh, Stanley, but um, uh, Bob Kane also had a very uh, recognizable uh, uh, signature mark that he put on everything that was Batman. And so naturally, when uh, when Batman became popular, uh, Bob Kane took all the credit for it and uh, never mentioned the uh, the hardworking artists and writers in the background that helped bring this uh, into fruition. So it turns out that Bob Kane came up with the idea of a man that sort of dressed as a bat. But that was kind of it. <laughs> um, it turns out that his uh, his clumsy drawings uh, that he said were sort of based on on uh, Da Vinci uh, flying machines. Uh, okay, maybe. But the person who fleshed out all of this and came up with the main story points and the main character parts that made up Batman uh, was Bill Finger. And he also was the person who created from whole cloth or uh, newsprint, uh, the Joker. And it was, uh, you see in this, documentary the evidence that shows that uh you know it was uh, it was agatha all the time no it was bill finger all the time and uh it's such a great um light shown on this uh these dark figures uh that uh, it is truly a a batman detective uh plot going on and uh i think it is uh it is it sprung from the uh the lawsuit brought forth by his uh his estate um and uh, and one day his ass that's right <laughs> uh so unfortunately bill finger didn't live to see his recognition come forth but uh it uh, it gives me a uh, a uh, a good feeling to know that now whenever there is a credit saying who the creators of batman is it's Bob Kane and Bill Finger. That is a great pick. And I haven't seen this movie and I, I wanted to. And I, I also wanted to give a shout out to a couple of the other uh, important uh, Batman creators, Dick Sprang and yep. Jerry Robinson, who yes. is, is co-creator co of the Joker right? Uh, and, and Robin. And um, I, I remember once going to San Diego Comic-Con in the 2000s and uh, Mark Evanier was um, uh, uh, hosting a, a moderating a panel discussion with Jerry Robinson, and I, I was like, "Holy crap, Jerry Robinson's here! I got to see crap, this, Batman!" And and I went to it was in one of the smaller rooms, you know, like six E or something like that, and or, or whatever. Yeah, because it's about comics. Yeah, and I walked into the room, and my heart sank because there were about twenty people in this yeah. room, and there was like a hundred thousand people outside the room. And here's this 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 titan 
of comic book creativity sitting in this room and there's hardly anybody there. And he told yeah. some great stories and, and uh, I, I was lucky enough to meet him uh, at um, my friend Len Wein's house at one of his parties that, that uh, Jerry was there. I walked in the door and I was introduced to Jerry Robinson, like, Oh my God. And then uh, Harlan Ellison showed up at that party and saw Jerry Robinson freaked out, ran out, got in his car, drove home, grabbed some comic books, drove back. <laughs> his sign. That's great. That's that is great. exactly the correct response. Uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I have not seen that movie. I didn't even realize that movie existed. I, I can't wait to to watch it. Obviously, I, I venerate Bill Finger, who I consider to be the Gene Coon of Batman. That's a good um, comparison. But while we're you know while we are you know sort of paying homage to the creators of Batman, here's what's interesting about comic books. I think is that over time. Um, there are many creators, there are many voices who influence these characters in huge ways. You can't talk about Batman without also talking about somebody like Denny O'Neill yep. and Neil Adams, yep. right? Steve, um, who Steve really Englehart. define, right. You, you, they define like, you know, the, the silver age of Batman, Frank Miller, Dave Mazzuccelli, Alan Davis, mm-hmm. right? All of these guys, who came in and interpreted Batman in, in kind of their own ways, either visually or from um, the point of view of story, uh, psychologically, Grant Morrison. I mean, whether or not you love everything that they did, like all of these guys had an influence on how we understand Batman and kind of how we see him. He is not, as, as Steve indicated, when he first appeared, Batman you know, had a gun. He didn't have a problem putting a cap in some crook's ass. That was like not a, that was not an issue. There was like, I can't kill anyone. It was like, no, no, no. I'm pretty much going to cap you. Okay. It's just, just how it worked. Um, because he came from a, a pulp tradition of like the spider and like the shadow and all that other stuff. Um, but you know, it's uh, it would be interesting to sort of sit and go and, and look at kind of who all these guys are. Um, who all these artists, who all these writers are who who really helped define Batman and just say, wow, like when you put all of that into a pot, like where do we end up? What does Batman look like? Yeah. Well, th- to be fair, the actual creator of Batman was Joe Chill. Mm. That is true. <laughs> so let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, th- and also his mom. Yes. Martha. <laughs> okay, that's enough dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. Let's <laughs> move on because it's that's Wednesday. a great pick. That's a great it's pick Wednesday. to Wednesday and uh, Ashley Edward Miller. Okay, look, you got obviously we've talked a lot about how much I love Batman. You've heard me Babylon. You kind of heard it. Um, and you know, in the past, I've definitely picked Batman movies. I um, I have definite opinions about what I love and 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 what I don't. There are some things that you might expect that finally Ashley is going to pick uh, for one of these weeks that's about Batman, like cloak and Wednesday. dagger. Cloak and dagger. Gabby Coleman is killed. The queen mother of, uh, <laughs> of, of Batman films, as, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not going to pick that because the fealty that I owe in this week, as in any week, it is not to Batman, really. They pick the shadow. It is, yeah, yeah. No, it is to um, 
the uh, the Ren- the uh, Rennie Harlan, Jesus Christ, uh, Russell Mulcahy shadow with Alec Baldwin. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, which we're uh, I'm, I'm not gonna sorry I'm not gonna tell that joke. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, my fealty is to Wednesday. Oh God, Wednesday and the out of the box choice. But I think you're gonna like my out of the box choice. So what I love about this movie is that it is it is a it's a very honest um, psychological exploration of who Batman is, why Batman does what he does, his relationship with the villains that he creates, that he fights. Um, you know, I mentioned that I have not just like every Batman comic published since 1985, but every Batman family comic published since 1985. <laughs> and isn't it interesting that Batman is one of the only characters we refer to as having a family? Like there was literally a title, the Batman family, right? There have been multiple iterations of the Batwoman and Batgirl, and not just Barbara Gordon and Stephanie Brown and like Cassandra Kane and like and all those characters who followed. Like there's there's been various. I mean, my God, there's Rex, the Bat Dog. As long as you don't pick Legends of Superheroes, no, Uh, I'm not going to. Ace the Bat Hound. Ace. I'm sorry, you're right. Ace the Bat Hound. Thank you. Not Rex the Bat Dog. (laughs) Coming this summer in uh, the Super Pets movie. Yeah. Voice, uh, which by, I'm very uh, excited about. Isn't it Keanu, Keanu Reeves? Yeah, Keanu Reeves yeah, is yeah, totally huh? playing Ace. Whoa, whoa, Batman. Um, I'm look. I'm excited about all of it, uh, but this movie manages to touch all of that, and just a totally show us on the delightful way. I am referring um, to. Um, 2017's The Lego Batman Movie. Great choice. Computer, how do I put the Joker in Arkham Asylum? Quickest route, no freeways. Computer, do you hear me? Hello, Master Bruce. I have just taken away your computer privileges. Gasp. Sir, it's time for you to stop this unhealthy behavior. You can't spend the rest of your life alone, dressed in black, and staying up all night. Good night, Alfred. Sir, it's morning. You need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising your son. I'm sorry. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. The young orphan you adopted at the gala. I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, secret camera. Oh my gosh, 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 oh my gosh. Batman? Whoa! You're darn right, whoa. Wait, does Batman live in Bruce Wayne's basement? No, Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. Wow, do I get a costume? Don't touch that. The Mariachi. That one is culturally insensitive. Night Terror. What do we think of this? Glam Bat. This one. Absolutely not. Wait, what's that one there? I love it. My only trouble is his pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. Rip! It's better. Now I'm free. Now I'm moving. Come on, Batman. Let's get grooving. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Are you ready to follow Batman and maybe learn a few life lessons along the way? I sure am. But first, where's the seatbelt? The first lesson is life doesn't give you seatbelts. Yeah. Uh, you know 
Alfred, I have incredible reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. I am so sorry. As soon as I get back to the Batcave, I will make sure that Alfred puts seatbelts on there. But for the time being, I'm just going to put my arm right here, and we're just going to gently ease out of here. Real gentle-like. Great choice. It is... It's funny. Thanks. Now on to Thursday. It's emotional. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, Will Arnett is just terrific as Batman, as he is in the Lego Batman movie. And uh, I'm sorry, the, in the Lego movie and the Lego movie, too. Um, you know, it's just it's a great, fun movie. The the action is terrific. Um, it is. It's honest. The music is great. Darkness, no parents. I mean, come on, guys. How can you not love? And it's an homage to all the Batmans. To there every are, single one of the Batmans. Including Adam West. That's right. Without like, and 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 without disrespecting any of them in A any loving way, homage. To absolutely every version, which is which is no mean feat, let me just tell you. It's uh it's just a delight. So much fun. So much fun. Great movie. Um, you know, came on the heels of the success of the Lego movie. Wasn't as big, but uh, it, it did well, and it's super fun. By the way, and, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying it is also maybe a movie that many in our audience haven't seen. But if you're a Batman fan, it's really worth seeing. You know, because people who don't have kids may not have seen it, but it's it's really just a delightful ride. You know who else hasn't seen it? <gasps> Steve Melching. Yes. I love the Lego movie. I love that interpretation of the character in the Lego movie. And somehow when it came out, I missed it. And I had recorded it on my DVR and then my DVR crashed and burned and went away. And I just haven't found the time to watch it. And Is it on HBO Max? Uh, I'm sure, sure it is. I'm sure it is. Maybe Will I'll do Arnett. a double feature tonight of, of uh, ba- uh, Batman and Bill and Lego Batman. Will Arnett's one of my favorite Batmans, actually. Yeah. He's he's awesome. And look, this is a movie that I think, you know, look, I know that you guys like, you know, dig the, the 66 Batman. And God bless you. I kind of respect where that comes from. Um, and I love the, the Burton movies and all that. And it's just we all have like different ideas of kind of what we love about Batman. But I think the fact that like we all go, you know what? The Lego Batman movie is pretty awesome is really the strongest endorsement that we can give it because to me i feel like there is there is something in it for every batman fan mm-hmm. yeah great 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 pick so that brings us to thursday that's me that's that's you mark that's me well look i think i've already picked the french connection and uh, king of comedy so i'm not going to pick joker Will Mark um, actually pick a Batman film? <laughs> <laughs> Tune and, in know, tomorrow. I, I was going to pick, I was going to pick, uh, <laughs> I, w- I was going to pick, uh, you know, Mask of Phantasm, but Steve took it. He took it. And there's nothing I can took do. It. He took it. He took it. And there's took nothing it. I can do about that. So Stole it. I have to look elsewhere. Now, as you mentioned, the huge influence of uh, the original Batman 66 TV series on uh, your formative years, um, fell in love with it on WPIX, um, you know, sort of in league with the Super Friends at the same time on ABC Saturday mornings. Um, and so that, you know, that was sort of my formative 
you know, and, and, and then, you know, throughout the eighties, you know, like you guys, I you know, was reading uh, the Batman comics voraciously, even though they never appreciated in value, but they had value to me as a reader, yeah. as a comic book reader. And that's all that mattered. Um, you know, but, uh, but, you know, here's the thing about the Batman 66 movie, the, um, the world, the, the the world peace authority. What is it, uh, Darren? The world, the uh, world peace. What the, the United? Yeah, the United, the, the United world, Nations United, stand in United, United, United world, world organization was not very effective. And, <laughs> and, and and they sold that submarine to the Penguin. Somebody well, should have checked him out. To be, to be honest, they weren't very effective because half the movie they were uh, basically uh, uh, granules from uh, a fish tank. So and 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 I think you know it set a bad example for kids. You know, you find a bomb, you shouldn't run around a, a dock. Uh, you know, uh, trying to get rid of it. It's not necessarily. You should call the police, the bomb squad. He didn't even. Uh, he didn't even try and uh, you know um, uh, disconnect it. He just was running around. It could explode no, anytime. Killed killed ton of people. And know. himself. And I, I think you know also it was not uh, uh, politically correct because he was really. Um, disparaging those old booze hounds in the bar. He was very dismissive of them. And I think we should understand they have a problem. They need to go into um, AA and, and maybe we should be more understanding of those, uh, those people in the bar. Um, but okay. And perhaps he was, uh, you know, not very uh, careful in dealing with Miss Kitka. He really wasn't. He let his bat. He let his, he, his little bat think. His, he let his Batman. Instead of his... <laughs> Yeah, instead of the big cow, he let the little cow. The, the back pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, I hope he put his cowl on before. It's really Ooh. unfortunate because anyone could have told you that Miss Kitka was Catwoman. Yeah. But he Kinda didn't odd. see it. The world's Brutal greatest, greatest detective, detective was stumped. <laughs> okay. So that's a real, real problem. That's It makes me question yeah. my love of uh, the Batman 66 movie. Plus, the Batman 66 movie was actually made in 67, if I'm not mistaken. It's made between seasons, wasn't it? Well, it took uh, place in the past, man. So why do we call it Batman 66? Because it is Batman 66. Oh, okay. I see. And now It was made right after the first season, so yeah. You know, also, you know, I, I, I think the way it treated sharks was really unfortunate. You know, they are endangered and we should have more respect for ocean life. Uh, why would somebody carry a, a bat anti-shark repellent on a helicopter? So you don't have to kill them. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess but that's it, true. It, but it, was, uh, it was very respectful yeah, of. Yes. Very was, respectful of mustaches. Uh, Cesar Romero did not have to. Uh, it was very respectful of mustaches. <laughs> so I, I mean, there's a lot to love about the Batman '66 movie. Maybe, maybe someone will pick. Maybe we can agree to pick it for Friday because it was the original gateway drug for a lot of us. Gateway drug, you know. But you know, as Batman would say, "Don't do drugs. Don't even do gateway drugs." Right. So, um, is this the part in the 4:30 movie where you pick like 10 movies? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick one. And of course, you know, look, there's the legendary Chris Nolan trilogy, which is superb, and we've talked about that. But my, so my far pick, you pick four. But my my pick is one of the most recent of the uh, Batman pictures, uh, and of course, I'm talking about the absolutely brilliant, heart wrenching um, story of a city in turmoil and crisis, and that's Bat Kid Begins. Miles he always liked all superheroes, but he always kind of comes back to Batman. 
Natalie called screaming, crying, and said, Miles has leukemia. One of his doctors told us that with his disease, they just become like a fighter. They fight for life. And so I think he sees the good versus evil battle in superheroes. We waited until the end of treatment to make his wish. That I want to be the real Batman was his exact wish. Because he's my favorite superhero. How are you going to be the real Batman? When we're going about doing a wish, it is whimsical and thinking about what would wow that child. And gives them a little bit of their childhood back that's been robbed. So we decided to turn San Francisco into Gotham City and have him have these capers, put a full-size grown-up Batman so that he would have a buddy. One of our volunteers put into a Facebook and Twitter and like wildfire, just like it exploded. The postings were from like all over the world. This little boy really struck a nerve. When I saw that face, I want to be a part of that. And everybody wondering, what can I do? There were predictions that we would have tens of thousands of people. And we had people flying in to experience this. What did we get ourselves into? Well, this may be the feel-good story of the year. A boy's wish about to come true. A young leukemia patient is being given a chance to live out his dream to be a superhero. And I'm like, there's a lot of cops around, and he needs a car seat. And I see massive thousands of people. I don't even know how to describe it. Gotham City needs you, Bat Kid. has gone viral with folks from all over the world cheering him on. Every actor who ever played Batman was tweeting, Adam West on line one. Okay, that's normal. Let me out! No! Way to go, Miles. Way to save Gotham. Hey, oh, believe it or not, they're dancing for you. He gave everybody license to just be a little absurd and live their little dreams for a little bit. People were holding up signs saying, save us, Batman. In helping him to live this dream, we were saving ourselves. An extraordinary documentary about a young child who is suffering from cancer. From cancer. A young child. And, 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 And what I love is the optimism and hope that this movie brings. I mean, this is not a made up story. This is a real story where all of San Francisco turned out to create the ultimate Batman adventure for this kid, this poor, this kid, Make-A-Wish Foundation, whose dream was to be Batman for a day, and they pull it off. Mm. And it is extraordinary. It pulls on the heartstrings, even for an old Grinch like me. And um, uh, it was so wonderful to see, even in the, 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 the city, the dark, dark city of San Francisco, that where so many film noirs took place, that they could open their hearts open your heart to to this kid and 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 basically uh, turn batman into real a real life drama and uh, it's a great film it's it's wonderful yeah it's, it's very it's, sweet it's really sweet really fun and uh, it's my pick for thursday believe it or not I, did any of you guys cool. watch it live streaming when it was happening cuz oh, i remember no. watching I it live from the uh, the helicopter hovering overhead and Showing the kid come out and the Batmobile pulls up. <laughs> it was it was delightful. Yeah, it, 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 it's so it's it's totally delightful. And and honestly, I don't think I I had planned on Mask of the Phantasm. But and if Darren hadn't picked uh, Batman and Bill, I don't know if I would have thought of it. It wasn't on my short list. But you know what? I'm throwing caution to the wind. So I think I'm that's going, a good pick. Going with the kid. I'm going I with think the kid. That's okay because with the winner week, in my book. 
it's kind of turned into what I don't think anybody will expect. Number one, and and number two, it's 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 really a week about loving the Batman, like in our yes. in our or own a Batman or a Batman in <laughs> our own alien. particular way. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a very obvious way this week could have gone, and we didn't go that way. And well, we're not done yet. We're not done we're yet. Done. We can still be obvious. Now, I, I think you know. Look, Friday's going to be tough. Because what's out there? Batman 89, which some of you actually like. Um, We have The Dark Knight, which we all like, presumably. We have, and we have the, I don't know what any of you think of the new Batman, uh, the Matt Reeves film. I can tell you I loved it. Yeah, I think it's great. So, um, you know, I want to throw throw something out that's a little different. A little different. The Muppet Batman. (laughs) (laughs) No. I shall become a bat. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you ask yourself how they got these scars. <laughs> My Bear. father was I'm... a drinker. And Miss Piggy is Catwoman. Oh yeah. Or Vicky Vale. Uh, no, Vicky Vale. Piggy Vale. Piggy Vale. Okay, oh, we're not funny. doing the Muppets Batman. Okay, tell so us, that tell would us be what fun. we tell us what, Look, what, what do you think? I I think that um, <laughs> along along the line that Ashley was dancing around uh, the uh, the shadow, um, we should we should include a character that was inspirational to Batman. Yep, I and agree. to the creation of Batman. So I'm going to go to probably the yeah probably the best version that has been put on film of Zorro, and that's the Mask of Zorro from 1998. Some say he's a legend. Zorro was a servant of the people. He did what was needed. Now he's needed again. Others, a ghost. Be careful, Senorita. There are dangerous men about. Some say he fights for justice. There are some who would call him a rogue. Others for revenge. All that playing with swords, shooting guns, racing around on horses. Such sweaty pursuits are hardly the work of a gentleman. No one has seen his face. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I had impure thoughts about a man. Lustful? Yes, lustful. But everyone knows his mark. Not bad. The only sin would be to deny what your heart truly feels. Not bad at all. Search everything! You know, Zoro, he could be anywhere. <laughs> Did you miss me? only one man. It isn't just one man, damn it. It's Sorrow. Wow. Which is a great, a great film. It, I mean, the story of Zorro is Batman. He's a, he's a, uh, a, a rich uh, landowner who uh, writes wrongs in a mask, 
And it is absolutely a wonderful story and a wonderful uh, sort of uh, a, a different take on it that inspired the original Batman. So I that's guess, my vote. I got to say, I think that's a, a great pick because it does honor the character Batman's roots. You know, yeah. that was the movie, you know, that he went to see with his parents, with his parents. before they yeah. were killed. And I think that's that's just an awesome way of saying, here's an interpretation of the thing that inspired Bruce Wayne to become Batman after, of course, the horrible. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm attracted to that thought because I've been desperately trying to get my son who is a huge Batman fan to watch the Mask of Zorro and he has no interest. Like, he's saying it's the original Batman. And he's like, I don't want to see it. So, um, but if we're going to play that game, homie, oh boy, um, <laughs> I uh, I got another one. Great. I think I'm going to have Steve on my side. I'm going to do Batman, the inspiration. You're Orson the Welles in the third man. <laughs> the dark, the tale of a dark city, Vienna, splintered by crime and corruption. <laughs> and Orson Welles as an evil man who's 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 taking advantage of it and and who's the like the joker of post-war vienna and I, then he went on to play the shadow <laughs> i mean oh, yeah. part of he me admires you for the saying that but yeah, part of me is like there's out of the box and then there's you know what then there's this blow boxes the box. are for pussies you know we what i mean do, uh, <laughs> the cabinet of dr caligari with the conrad vites and the uh the Chiroscuro, well, the man or, or who the, laughs. The man who laughs. Man, right. I yeah. got the world's sm- smallest or, zither, and it's playing yeah, right. just for you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Look, I, no, I, I, I I love the third man. I don't think it really fits in the box. It doesn't. But, but there was a great uh, there was a great fake that someone perpetrated several years ago that uh, they put mm. together mm-hmm. a fake early Batman movie starring and directed by Orson Welles. And that man was Dan Poole. No, it wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was it was brilliant. They showed uh, they showed sort of a making of, and they had uh, uh, clips of Wells uh, talking about some character that was sort of like Batman. But they they created this world that that before Citizen Kane, Wells was working on developing the first Batman movie, and it's really clever. They had it all the cast with, with, with stars of the time, yes. period. Yep. Yeah, it was really funny. Well, there's a fantastic book that I got my son for uh, the holidays, which was like, if Batman were real and took place in the 30s, we heard from Australia, and it's just remarkable. Australia. Australia. And it's this Ooh. really great it's called book where they, use, they, they, cre- they created it like... Um, like it took place during Prohibition. It's just phenomenal. It's a huge coffee table book. He loves it. I love it. It's just amazing. But okay, uh, so here's the here's the thing to quote Ashley Miller. I'm 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 okay with going along with this mask of the mask of Zorro thing um, because he, I got a couple of feelings. Like you know, everybody's expecting us to say the Dark Knight, right? You've changed things forever. There's no going back. See, to them, you're just a freak. Like me. (laughs) What do we got? Nothing. 
No other alias. Clothing is custom. Nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. Why so serious? Now, I love The Dark Knight. You guys love The Dark Knight. However, I like Batman Begins better, actually. You travel the world. Now you must journey inwards. What you really fear is inside you. There is no turning back. Okay, because, you know, the problem with The Dark Knight is that it, it has been embraced beyond its quality. Like, yeah. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I think that first 15, 20 minutes is pure cinema. And some of the I love greatest three quarters stuff. of it. Yeah, me, me too. And I think that the movie is is put on a pedestal beyond where it deserves. You know, yep. people talk about it as like one of the great movies of all time. It's not. No. It's a really good movie. Chris Mullen did a fantastic job. But people, you know, talk about like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, like this is one of the top 10 movies ever made. It's like, it's not. So I don't want to contribute to that by, by yeah. somehow, you know, lauding it beyond its, its, its uh, des- deserving qualities, which isn't in any way to diminish it, but it's good. But yeah, it has a real third act problem. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love the third act. I, I, yeah. I, and I watched it again just the other night and, and people say like, oh, Harvey Dent shouldn't be a part of this movie. Should it? And like, oh, oh no, that's wrong. Harvey Dent yeah. is the heart and soul of that fucking movie. You know, I'll, I'll disagree. not to, not to get like <laughs> deeply into the, the dark Knight discussion, but I will say this, and this will get to without spoiling it because not everybody has seen it yet. My one issue the dark night with, with the Batman is that I think the thing that for me has defined like the great Batman films or really any great film is third act catharsis, right? That there is just emotional payoff. There is emotional payoff in The Dark Knight in spades um, that I don't think exists in Matt Reeves' Batman, but that otherwise is a terrific film that I think in many ways owes a lot to, to previous films. Uh, in the in the in the kind of the, the bat genre, but I agree with you that the Dark Knight should not be Friday, because I feel like the it's look it's it's not like the box that defines James Bond, for example, I think is a much narrower box, and I, I think in some ways it's easier to come up with a with a film that says okay, well this is like the urtext of James Bond. Um, or of Star Wars, or of Star Trek, than it is for Batman, because the Dark Knight doesn't really encompass, say, is as much as I kind of go about it. Like it doesn't encompass Batman sixty six, which is a completely valid interpretation that people dig, and I don't want to deny. Um, so it, it does feel wrong to me to go that way. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I love like the the Mask of Zero idea. Well, I, look, Batman sixty six. There's a lot of love here from three of us for Batman sixty six. Everyone, flee for your lives! Emergency. Batman speaking. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy surprises, Batman! It's really exciting. Soon, very soon. Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. 
And there's also, you know, it's seemingly a lot of love for the Batman. Fear is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. The new Matt Reeves yeah, to, to touch base on that, I um, that movie in, encapsulated one of the great paradoxes that I that I see in in recent years with the superhero genre, where a certain uh, element of the audience demands more and more verisimilitude and naturalism and realism in these movies, and and the Batman is sort of the pinnacle of that we're like really trying to ground the character in a reality it's it's not like the the um you know batman 89 overblown gotham city and that sort of operatic feel to it it's very gritty and down to earth and for all its sophistication and naturalism uh in the the environments and the characterization and the storytelling, it, it makes the superheroics stick out as being really goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the stuff that makes it Batman is thrown into sharper relief in its goofiness. And I, I always felt that trying to find that balance between the two is uh, is, is is tricky w- when you're trying to do a realistic uh, yeah. interpretation. It's funny you mentioned that because um, one of the my takeaways from that movie, I need to go see it again, is that um, it it weirdly reminds me a lot of the Burton Batman movies, but the, the Burton Batman movies is interpreted by say a Christopher Nolan, like right down to in the score, the, the Danny Elfman Catwoman score is like, uh, those cues are all over the place in the Batman. They're all over the place, but just the, the sort of the, the very internalized, um, you know, very cloistered Bruce Wayne who doesn't know how to connect to people, um, a, a, a sort of a very designed um, Gotham City that is always dark. There are a lot of things about it that are just, that are very retro to me that I find very fascinating. I would take that one further. I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's filtered through Burton uh, via Chris Nolan because we've seen that. This is Burton filtered through David Fincher. Definitely. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Down to the Zodiac Killer eyeglasses. Exactly. 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 Eyeglasses. In, yeah. in fact, that's why it's not completely original because it yeah. kind of is Fincher light. You know, it, yeah. obviously it's seven for kids. You right. know, um, and, <laughs> can and, you count to seven? You yeah. know, in the same way Joker was French <laughs> Connection and, and, and King Comedy. But, uh, but I'll you tell know. you, it had one of the most thrilling moments in any Batman film. And for me, that was that scene when the Batmobile's Spoiler. engine starts up in yeah. the darkness. Holy crap, the sound effects, sound design Great. was incredible. And the scene building. You know what? They should give Oscars for sound design. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, the telecast. Don't, don't show them on the same telecast. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck no. that. But they should totally give Oscars for it. Yeah. No, it's, it's look. Um, so th- th- there's a movie that we are, are are big fans of. It was so funny. I think we're all fans, of, or or we all know um, Dan Waters, and he 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 just joined Twitter and he had a great <laughs> quote because he wrote Batman Returns and and he he inaugurated his Twitter account by saying, 
oh, I didn't realize. So Batman's supposed to be a detective. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. I have a um, lot of affection for that movie. It's a, it's a fun movie. movie. Uh, several of my friends that worked on it as puppeteers, puppeteering the penguins. And the, I remember them coming back with the most awesome crew jackets I've ever seen. These black crew jackets with these black scalloped leather shoulders. They were so cool. Well, that's why we do what we do. So, uh, uh, Dan, are we, so what do we think? Mask of, Mask of Zorro. That's, that's my vote. To Ashley? I, I think that's my vote. Steve? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a terrific movie. We've picked it before on the show, but I think yeah, it fits. It's, it's a whole new season. season. A new se- I know. With whole new movies. Okay. With whole new weeks, but not whole new hosts. This week did not go the way I thought. It went exactly the way I thought. Because I didn't think we were going to have a, a single regular Batman movie in it. Well, it's better than right. Turkish Star Wars. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Let's take a look at uh, Same Bad Time, Same Bad Channel Week, starting with Monday, Steve. Monday is the animated uh, Batman in uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Tuesday. The 2017 documentary Batman and Bill. Wednesday. 2017 and animation. Chris McKay's The Lego Batman Movie, starring Will Arnett. And on Thursday, it's Bat Kid Begins, the charming story of a young boy who gets to play Batman for a day. And Friday, it's the one that started it all. Well, not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Martin Campbell's The Mask of Zorro. That came out nine years after Batman. <laughs> it's the one that kind of started it all. Retroactively. Uh, by the way, I would just like to point out um, that uh, when I misspoke, I didn't like Rex the Bat Hound uh, versus you know Ace the uh, the, the Bat Hound. I was thinking of uh, Pete Pot Whistle's dog. <laughs> right, Rex. Uh, I just I, I got confused. My apologies to Bat. There's some guy on Twitter now who is taking the handle Pete Pot Whistle, and yeah. he's so I funny. thought it was one of you, Ailes. No, no. It's, I don't know who it is, but oh I my god, was. it's one so of our funny. creative listeners. <laughs> we need a Jessica Van Puttermaker, and we need to introduce those crazy kids. I know, right? Exactly. Well, we need the penguin as played by Meredith Burgess. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry Ford to build the Batmobile. I think we should say since we we can't, we don't have the rights, we can't get the Batman to screen as part of the four thirty movie. Go see it in a theater near you while it's still playing in theaters. It's worth seeing on a on a big screen. Completely. Yep. It's, it's a terrific movie. Gets a huge thumbs up from uh, the 430 movie and all our 430 movie hosts. So uh, it will, I'm sure, make an appearance at some point in the future. Maybe when we do film noir week again. Who knows? Up all of our thumbs. Thumbs are <laughs> up. up yours. <laughs> and the movie from so- our thumbs to your thumbs. Up yours. The movie's so long, it could fill out an entire week on its own. That's okay. true. You know, I'm so tired, though, of the, the people complaining. Oh, it's too long. Suddenly, you know, if a movie is more than 90 minutes, it's like, it's too long. I don't like long movies. You ever hear Lawrence Arabia, genius? It's like, you know, it's like, I I mean, The Godfather 2. Somebody on Twitter a week ago or so said, like, have there ever been any good movies that are three hours long? Like, what are you talking about? You know what? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Javaga, Dr. Javaga. 
I just brought the Criterion uh, this in the latest sale, Seven Samurai and Andre Rublev. So I'm looking forward to a couple of three hours. But they're uh, so long. <laughs> I can't sit for three hours. I mean, my God, that's what popcorn is for. I mean, it was so funny. I, just I, I run a catheter. catheters. Yeah. <laughs> the AMC will be adding that shortly. So um, no, at AMC, I, I, they just whip it out and pee on the floor. <laughs> I remember. Um, they made diapers for I was reading an article recently about, you know, the screenings of The Godfather. And they said, you know, people are absolutely riveted. And it was amazing because when it got to the scene where Michael goes to Italy, like all of a sudden everyone gets up to go to the bathroom. Like everybody, because they knew the movie. So everybody knew. As soon as that was before the Run P app. And Mike goes to Italy. They're like all everyone like left to go to the bathroom. And then, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to leave now and I'll be back. Before he gets back to New York. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. That's what we should do. We should mix it up. <laughs> this week on Godfather Week, it's Tuesday. <laughs> that was another great thing in that uh, the Godfather epic. You find out uh, what ha- when Michael gets his revenge against uh, that guy in Italy that set up, set him up. Oh yeah, oh, that's Apollonia. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From 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 Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, I was in the bathroom. I, mean, I missed her whole part. No, I'm kidding. So, okay. Well, look, this was great. This was uh, this was great. Um, and next week you're in for a treat because we're going to do what the Oscars can't. We're going to honor. We're going to not suck and do it in less than an hour. We are going to honor uh, <laughs> uh, a history, a uh, best sound. Best editing, best composer, best best of a lot of production things. design, best production design, best below the line. Yep, it's going to be below the line week on the four thirty movie. <laughs> below the line, um, <laughs> and uh, did I get and, that wrong? Because the line must be drawn here. The and line must further. be blown here. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be a special week. So before you sit down to watch the Oscars on that. Don't. Uh, you know, you, yeah, well, yeah. sit down Before, with yeah. us at the 430 movie as we pay tribute to all these great craftspeople who deserves their day in the sun. And, and, and tune in for our red carpet commentary. No, we're not doing no. <laughs> We're not doing any of that. I know it sounds great. And, and we'll be, uh, you know, live tweeting the Oscar. No, we won't. You want to do that? The red will be the watching of those getting live. We'll it seems like so much work with these people. And then we're going to have our live feed and, you know, on YouTube. And then we're going to be on Twitter doing a spaces. And then we're going to be on Instagram where we're going to have photos from the, it's like our Oscar party. It's like, I don't want to do any of that. No, it's no. enough to do this podcast once a week. Yeah, at least we won't have Joan Rivers critiquing our uh, choice and outfits. For the podcast. Thank God. Oh, she right. will be from beyond. Oh, it's gray shirt <laughs> One step beyond. <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyway, this was this is this is great. And it was so great to um uh you know thank the Cape Crusader for keeping the streets safe and uh, keeping movie theaters uh screening <laughs> movies at three hours because I don't you know, know who he is behind that mask of his, but I know that we need him. <laughs> and America needs Chief O'Hara. So bring back Chief O'Hara. We got a great, uh, we got, you know, the great Jeffrey Wright playing uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, but we need a Chief O'Hara. Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's St. Patrick's Day. I think it's time time. that Chief O'Hara is back in the movies in a big way. Big Aura. And 
And then Pace we can we lobby and for Begora, Anne Harriet one Attorneys day. at law. Because, you know, <laughs> Anne Harriet has really gotten the bums rush, as they say. Yeah. So, okay. Well, listen, on behalf of uh, uh, Steve, Ashley, Darren, and myself, I want to thank uh, Bill Ritter, Mark Rivera, our great sound engineer. Uh, that's below the line who deserves an Oscar. And, uh, of course, uh, Peter uh, Peter Holmstrom, Zach Raggetts, uh, Natalie Miscali, and all of you for returning for the fifth season of the 430 Movie. You can continue to follow the conversation on Twitter at the 430 Movie Pod. Our great Instagram feed curated um, uh, on Instagram at the 430 Movie uh, by Patrick Macias. And, of course, the 430 Movie on Facebook. So wherever you choose to engage with us on social, we might be there. Maybe not, but we might. Um, this just in, the new Aunt Harriet will be played by Marissa Tomei. <laughs> she plays uh, all the her sexy biological now. clock is ticking <laughs> like this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay. Well, there you go. So we'll, uh, we'll see you next week for a very special Oscar broadcast from the 430 movie. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.